Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Raina Starr. Welcome to episode three of the Three Shot Weekend. Yes, I am here with the amazing Deborah Lip, but before I put her on, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but it's Sunday and you're in bed. Why do you care? Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios for all of your witching goods, poppets, oils, sprays, candles, and the book, Utterly Wicked, which is one of my favorites. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com again. I have with me this morning for the hour the amazing author of the brand new, The Beginner's Guide to the Occult, the amazing woman who never slows down, Deborah Lip. Hey, Deborah. Good morning. Wow. You are a busy one, aren't you? <laughs> it's a bit. Not only do I have a new book coming out, but I just signed a contract for my next book which I'm very excited about. So I'm sort of dividing my time between being excited about the new book and writing the new, new book. (laughs) Right. So can you give us a little insight as to the one you just signed for before we go into the one we're going to talk about today? So if you, the beginner's guide to the occult, right? That's for as the title might hint, it's for beginners. Uh-huh. And right. um, the new book, though, is for people who have been doing magic or, or definitely not for beginners. It's called Bending the Binary, Polarity Magic in a Non-Binary World. Title nice. subject to change. Oh. You know, it, it, title subject to change. But the idea is, what is polarity magic and mm-hmm. how can we in, you know, the, the year of our Lord 2021 um, have uh, continue to work with polarity magic when we're queer or we're non-binary or people in our covenant are queer or non-binary or we just care about not being assholes. Yeah. Right. So it's a, Which it's a I think is a great subject. I'm excited about it. I'm super excited about it. I've been saying for years, years, that mm-hmm. I'm going to write a book mm-hmm. about polarity. And um, yeah, I finally got an idea of how I could approach it. It was just such a daunting subject matter. And then actually, um, some of the research that I did for the Beginner's Guide to the Occult made me realize, it made me really rethink what I thought I knew about occult history. 
and kind of broke uh-huh. broke it wide open for me. Yeah, I um in in the the bit of review that I was able to do because I'm lucky like that because of the show. Um, I really love this book, and I love the meet the person part, and I like the try this for yourself part, and I think they're awesome, and I love. You didn't make it overwhelming, which I thought was really important for a book of this nature. Um, it's like you, you got very specific pieces from each of the um, subjects that you tackle in the book for a beginner. And I thought you did it in such a beautiful way. And I love your, your you know, continue. I call it your continuing education part. Um, it's kind of the compendium you put at the bottom. You know what I'm talking about, right? The list, right? The the the, um, the resource guides and so on. And here's what to read yeah. next. And yeah. this was um, I'm really excited about this book. There is no beginner's guide to the occult. I was thinking about it this morning. What I used to do. You know, I would get handed, and you probably remember this, as a baby witch, like they would hand you these book lists, and they would be these books that were written in the 19th century that are 700 pages long and that smell, like, you know, and that have this sort of old world language in them, and they're dense, and they're complex, and they're here, read this, if you would like to learn about Uh this subject. And... Right. So there were definitely some subjects that I didn't learn about at the time because that was too much. What I Me tried too. to do a lot of it. for my a lot of it, right? Yeah. But I would yeah. I, I I I came up with a technique which was to try to find a novel about it. Like Ooh, like to and, and and read the novel so that the language is isn't completely new. By the time you read uh-huh. the the scary stuff, and and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I did better when I could find a novel about. I mean, I remember there's there was this novel about ancient Egypt, and you know it was all family drama and sex and conflict and stuff. And in the meantime, you're learning about ancient Egypt. And after I read that, then I tackled Wallace Budge. Oh God, I I never went back. I couldn't. I you know, and this is why my knowledge base is so lacking, and why I'm so grateful for this particular book because I didn't go back, and and read the things that were initially subscribed to you know that I was supposed to subscribe to. Um, well, you know, and you actually know the person or knew the person that mentored me and there was a lot more of there was a lot less of the actual study as opposed to the actual practice thereof Um, but I will tell you that there were people I was involved with at a younger age who said you need to read this this and this and unfortunately because the language was so dense and I didn't understand it um, I, as I said, I didn't go back, but it did foster a love of Shakespeare for me. So now I feel like I can go back and read, and read the things I was supposed to read that were so um, above, over my head. Um, yeah, it was because hard, now right? I'm used to. 
it's really it's super hard. Uh, I have books that I still can't read put away in a box somewhere that I've had for <laughs> 40 years. Um, yeah, it's an embarrassment, but it's a true thing. So, I mean, I'm not afraid to say it because I know it's not just me. I know there are several of us out there who have the collection that we're supposed to read, that we're supposed to have a base of knowledge in, that we've been like, yeah, I'm going to have to get back to that when I'm older uh, <laughs> well, or, or when it doesn't feel like it's less dry and I, that's part of the reason why I love this new book by you so much because it's not dry and it's not overwhelming I don't feel like I'm being slugged in the head with a a brick of a book do you know what I mean yeah well that's the thing is is that there is no or has been no beginner's guide to any of this material there is no introduction to alchemy or introduction to no ceremonial magic it doesn't exist it you you, you're supposed to dive into the deep end of the pool and that's Uh overwhelming and 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 less and less um interesting to people because you and i we came around you know in the 80s and there just wasn't that much about paganism and wicca and you had to i think our teachers back in the day were much more aware that of our like historical occult underpinnings yeah, and and True. that we kind of grow out of the Golden Dawn community from 150 yep. years ago, and people today, you young witches out there, they don't, um, they've got a better bookshelf of stuff that's actually about Wicca and actually about paganism, so yep. they don't go back and know that stuff, and yet it yeah. is still our occult underpinnings. It is still where we come from it is still the rituals that we do you cast a circle yeah. you may not know shit about ceremonial magic but you are doing something that was derived from ceremonial magic so it, it is meaningful and important and can improve your witchcraft but people don't study it and like i i i think i created a book that can change people's willingness to approach this material. And, and I, mm-hmm. I hope it has an impact. I hope the book lasts. You never know. Like you write a book and then two years later it goes out of print. Or, you know, you get lucky and people like it and it stays in print. And I hope that happens with this book because I think it actually contributes something to our bookshelves that we didn't have before. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and especially for all of the reasons I previously cited. It's not just a book for beginners, but it's a book for those of us who are of a certain age. I'm almost 60 uh, in a number of weeks. And it's subject matter that I've always should have known, should have gone back to, and quite frankly, was either too lazy, personally, I'm only speaking for me, I, I I know I'm limited. I know I'm lazy. I know life got in the way. I had babies. I did this. I've been married three times, fill in the blank. Um, so there are things, there are holes in my knowledge base. And I think this is going to go a long way to filling a lot of those holes or at least give me a point where, okay, you've given me this information. It is now up to me to decide how much further I want to go as far as any one of the particular subjects, because 
I want folks to not think of this as one thing. I think sometimes when you say the word occult, people uh, mistake it for ghost hunting or different things. And I just want folks to understand that this is witchcraft and it's folk magic and it's all kinds of different things. It, it's it's a it's really a beautiful and not huge. Don't be intimidated. It, the book is not a huge huge thing, but you give folks a starting point for all of you know American who you know hoodoo and voodoo and all of these different things, and you put it in this nice package that's palatable and easy to digest and I'm so appreciative of that. It's cute, right? It like it fits in your purse. You could read it while you're yeah. reading online. Um and it's <laughs> it's getting the word getting the word count down was, was really rough. So this is um I mean to full disclosure, I wrote this book on spec, right? Like most of the books that you read in the world, somebody decided to write a book and then they decided to shop it to a publisher. Everybody kind of has that image in their head. This book sure. and one other book that I've written, the publisher says, here's a book that we'd like written. Would you write it? Nice. And that's a different animal. So I don't know that I would have ever yeah. come up with the idea to write this book without that impetus. And then when you get that, mm -hmm. like, what you have to do is read it and go, do I believe in this book? Is it in line with what's something I want to write? Am I passionate about it? I saw on Twitter some writers said, look, if you write a book, you must be in love with the subject matter because you're going to read that book at least 50 times, you know, with all the editing and stuff. And it's true. <laughs> you just have to read it over and over and over, over and over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm now reading the book again. <laughs> um, just looking for that, doing wow. a typo pass. And and it's coming uh -huh. out. It, it'll be um, available for pre-order in about a week. Um, and then awesome. it'll be in print, I think, on September, in two or three weeks. Sometime in September, uh -huh. I promise. And, and so, uh -huh. you, you know, and I have, I have this, um, you know, sense of integrity with myself as an author and a sense of a reputation. Like, I have to write a book I believe in. So I'm looking at this outline, and I met with them, and we changed one of the chapters. It did not like one of the chapters, and I said, just replace it with folk magic, and they said, okay. But I said, look, uh -huh. here's the thing. You will not find an author who knows all the eight subjects of your eight chapter heads. Max, you're going to find somebody who can write four of these without stopping and doing a ton of research. Uh -huh. And they said, okay, and then they, they increased my price. Um, which I liked, you know, <laughs> but I, some of the stuff I knew awesome. nothing about until I was told to write the book. Like tarot, that was the last chapter. Wow. That was easy. I did that in my sleep while I was napping. But alchemy, are you uh -huh. fucking kidding me? I didn't know anything about alchemy yeah. when I started to write this book. But now I'm in love with alchemy. Alchemy is like my new favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's really great. I actually had a friend who was very into alchemy, and unfortunately, she literally disappeared out of my life and off the face of the earth. Now, as far as I know, she is still alive, but I'll tell you what, people who actually 
have devoted themselves to alchemy are are great friends to have when you can find them. They are not as common as you may think. It's very rare, even among occult. First of all, it helps if you've got the science background. So one of the problems yeah. for me was that in order to understand what the fuck I was reading about as I was doing my research, I had to stop and understand the chemistry first. So I make that more accessible mm-hmm. in the book. Like reading the book, you don't have to understand the chemistry because I'm going to just tell you the terminology you need to know. But, but like reading books on alchemy, they throw in all the chemical terminology without saying, hey, this is a term from chemistry and here's what it means. It just all right. reads like, like you're reading a foreign language. One of the things yeah. that didn't make it to the book because there was a strict um, page count was I had uh-huh. a, but, uh, uh, several quotes from alchemical manuscripts, which are really just hilarious for how impossible they are to read. And that was the only reason I included them, and that was why they got chopped. It's just uh-huh. hilarious to read this, this, thou shalt do the thing, with the thin, and it is a green dragon that will fly across your... What? Like... <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's all written in code. It's purposely written in code. The alchemists were, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of like what they say about a witch's book of shadows, that you're supposed to write it in jumbled order so that even if somebody steals it, they still don't know how to do the rituals. All of alchemy yeah. was written that way. So reading those old manuscripts, to me, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but but I I did find a way of of interpreting it for a beginner so that you at least know what alchemy is, what its purpose is, what it has to do with witchcraft, why you care, like, and yeah. then you know if you want to read that I don't know twenty page chapter and never read another thing about alchemy again, um, you're good to go. You know something. You can walk away with yes. it feeling like a little enriched. And the same with astrology. Who doesn't want to know a little bit? Yeah. If you're not an astrologer and you're hanging out with a culprit, right. you feel like an idiot, right? <laughs> you don't like know they anything. All are yeah. like, you say something and they were like, that's because your son is in your seventh house. Oh, okay. Like, my daughter is a professional astrologer, all right? You, you uh-huh. cannot have a conversation with a professional astrologer without coming away feeling like you're having a conversation with somebody with a PhD in physics. It's maddening. Yeah. So, no, I, I agree. I but I feel that way about a lot of it. But, there, you know, because when the books were written, when I was coming up, books like, you know, about ceremonial magic, for example, these were books that were already written for practitioners. They weren't written for you know, the folks first getting into quote-unquote the biz. You know what I mean? It's like you were already expected to have an established knowledge base that didn't exist, and it was written for people who were on already a certain level. And it's like this just makes – this book is – so good. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's got things in here. I mean, it really, let me, can I just run through the chapters real quick sure. so people know what they're, what they can expect? Okay, so here are your chapters. Folk magic, witchcraft, 
astrology, numerology, alchemy, Kabbalah, ceremonial magic, tarot. There's a timeline, and there's a whole thing for further reading and exploration. I also want folks to know that there are exercises that, you know, well, not really even exercises. And I love the fact that you call it try it for yourself because you can try it or you can move on to something else and then come back and try it. It's not like you need, you know, do this exercise. It's like, here, you want to try something? Here's an example of what we were just talking about. Give a whirl. Or if you want and, to read more about it, here's a, here's a person, you know. Right. And and a couple of places, the best the best resource was a YouTube channel instead of a book for people mm-hmm. who like that. Mm-hmm. And there's also an online companion. So the timeline was not part of, like I said, I was asked to write this. The timeline was something mm-hmm. I did for myself that I was passionate about. Like I sat there yeah. and I made that timeline in Visio, if, if you know, in, in a, in a flowchart format. And I started <laughs> insisting like, you have yeah. to include this in the book. You have to include this in the book. And they're like, um, we don't really have a, an illustration budget. And like, it was the whole thing going back and forth with the publisher. And I'm like, this is the best timeline ever. You don't understand. And, <laughs> <laughs> and right um and they finally they they went up like up the management chain to get this thing in the book i said this is if there was nothing in this book but this two page spread of the timeline of the cult history it would be uh-huh. so valuable and i and i wish it existed when i was when i had was first learning occultism so what they did yeah. the way that they fit this in is they created an online companion so originally the book had two try-it-yourself exercises in every chapter. Now, mm-hmm. half of those, one per chapter, is online, and there's a, um, a URL in the book. And so you can, so it's sort of more interactive. So in the pages of the book, there is one try-it-yourself exercise, and then you go online, and there's a second one. Um, for every chapter. So there's eight more exercises online, and, and so that's fun. And at first, I'm like, are you cutting material out of my book? And then I realized, no, they're actually making it more fun because it's interactive, because you, you get to do some of it online and some of it in a book. And, and that was how the timeline made its way in there, and um, because I, I – I said, please, 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 a lot. And I really just believed in it so much. It was so, like when you, like timelines are, are one of the things that people don't explain, right? Like they, people just say the Middle Ages and you're, you're supposed to know when that was and what happened then and what happened a thousand years earlier. And it's just confusing. Right? So I made a timeline, so for my own reference. You're wobbling. You need to adjust where you're sitting or or your your headset. Oh, all of a sudden my my volume went weird. Oh, my goodness. Your audio is is wobbling. Yes, I'm going to need you to repeat a lot of what you just said. So you need you to adjust a little bit. Um, All right. Um, How's that? You're gone. It's 
I'm hanging up and I'm calling back. I'm hanging up and calling back because I've lost you. Yeah, yeah, you need to call back. Okay, cool. All right. Deborah will be back momentarily. But the the occult timeline that she was just discussing, what it does is it outlines uh, from late antiquity to modern era, from 1902 to present. Um, It's a great listing of well, she's back, so let's bring her back on for now. <laughs> I still can't. I don't know what's going on. I can try leaving. Okay. Can I changing rooms? I can't even understand what you just said, love. Um, I don't know if it's the if it's your headset or I mean, because everything was fine for the first everything was. 20- Everything was fine. I removed yeah. the headset. That isn't helping. I can hear you about as badly as you can hear me. Yeah, I'm, you're wobbling too much. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think folks are gonna understand what's happening. Um, well, you know what? We can we can either um, end now and pick up a little later, or reschedule. I'm going to. Uh, I will discuss that with you when we get off the air. Um, but for now, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, okay. And I will I will be back in touch with you shortly. Okay. Uh, folks, that was the amazing Deborah. Lip. We're having a little bit of audio technical difficulties, but we will either pick this back up in a little while, or we will reschedule for another 